are here and we are ready to go, radio people, podcast people, whatever you are when you listen to our messages, the Hope Club podcast on the radio, YouTube, Facebook, that's okay, they're all good. That's where we bring you the Word of God, the Word of God, it's alive and powerful, isn't it? Reads our minds, knows our thoughts, convicts us and gives us hope. Our series is entitled, Because of Christ. Today our topic is, Because of Christ, oh, I like this, I have forgiveness. I need it more than I like it. I have forgiveness. Last time we learned, Because of Christ, I have hope. This time, Because of Christ, I have forgiveness. Wait, how does it how does that forgiveness happen? How and why do I have forgiveness? How do I get forgiveness from God? That's what we're talking about today. Right here on New Hope Radio. We're going to take a look at where this forgiveness came from or how it came to be. And you know, there's there's a lot of talk these days, very important in the church, about the sacrifice of Christ for the sins of the world. Very important. The atoning death of Christ paid that debt. But we cannot leave out the second part. And you know what that is? His resurrection. Oh, yeah. You know, the resurrection is as important as the death. They go together. The resurrection of Christ kind of sealed the deal. And we get a scripture coming up later to show you that it is really important. So that's why we celebrate Easter Sunday. We call it Resurrection Sunday because when Jesus rose from the grave, he conquered death ultimately defeated the devil, rose into heaven as a first fruit of all of us that will follow him one day. And by the way, when he rose into heaven, he went to uh, Hades, and he took all the Old Testament believers out of paradise, lucky for them, (laughs) and he brought them to heaven too. That's incredible. All that took place at the resurrection. And that's why today for us, Absent from the body, present with the Lord. No holding tank, no detour. We don't even go to paradise. We go whoop, straight to be with the Lord. So that's the resurrection and the glorification of Jesus Christ. And like I said, the good news, we're going to follow him in our own resurrection as well. Paul said, if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Romans 6, 5. How important is that? So we're identified with Christ in his death, and we're identified with Christ in his resurrection. How important is this? Well, you know, even in Jesus' day, some people didn't believe in a resurrection. They didn't believe in it. 
But what did Paul say to the Corinthians? He said, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. Whoa! And, you know what else he said? Our faith is in vain. What? Our faith is in vain if Jesus didn't rise from the grave. If there's no resurrection, I ask the question, what's the point of life? I think there is none. There's no point. But because of the resurrection, oh man, that changed everything. That gave all the value, all the meaning, all the purpose to life. So we don't want to discount the resurrection of Christ and all those naysayers, all those non-believers. You look into the resurrection of Christ and that adds meaning and value to life. Because you see, these resurrections, they're about the end of life, but what about the life we're living right now? Though our lives are temporal compared to eternity, they're still important. So we know in the resurrection we're going to go up to be with the Lord, but we've still got a number of years down here on the earth. So we need to talk about the significance of life on earth with regard to the resurrection. And that's where a lot of it has to do with forgiveness. The resurrection answers three important questions. We begin with the first question, number one. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why? The answer is found in John 3.17. Jesus answers it himself. He said, God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. He didn't come down with a hammer, but he came down that the world might be saved through him. The word saved means to be delivered. Jesus came to deliver us. Like Moses delivered the Jews from the Egyptians, Christ delivered us from the power of sin and the punishment that sin deserves. So therefore, we have been saved from wrath. He came to save us from the judgment that every person deserves. Now, you may be a really nice person, but you know what? You're still imperfect. We all are. Everybody's imperfect. The only one that wasn't was the Lord. John the Baptist wasn't perfect. Mother Teresa wasn't perfect. Mary wasn't perfect. Nobody was perfect. Only Jesus, because he was born without a sin nature. So every human being stands judged before a holy God. When we were born, we were born alienated from God due to our sin nature. So he came that we would be born of God and restored back to him. That's why he came. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, natural birth. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. There's our spiritual birth and our restoration to God. Jesus himself said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Because that is a spiritual birth which allows us to be a, or to see a spiritual (laughs) kingdom. Yeah. If you want to see spiritual things, you have to have spiritual eyesight. And we have spiritual eyesight by having a spiritual birth. 
God has made it so easy for us. I'm like, are you kidding? You don't have to do things. You don't have to go on a pilgrimage. You don't have to wear certain clothes. You have to have faith. You have to believe. So number one, why did Christ come to earth to deliver us? Number two, how did he do it? How did he deliver us? He took upon himself sinful flesh. He became a man. That means he was born into the human family. He lived 33 years on the earth. Then he went to a Roman cross where he not only suffered by the hands of the Romans, but he was judged by his father. What? For the sins of the world. The Romans punished him and God the Father punished him. Why? The Romans punished him though he had no guilt. God the Father punished him because he took our guilt upon himself. You ever take the blame for something you didn't do? You probably didn't like it. Or maybe you did it to spare the other person. Well, Jesus took all of our guilt. Every person, everyone. He took all of our guilt upon himself. And that's why his father judged him. He judged him in our place. Hebrews 12, 2 tells us where we should now focus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. That means the completer. He completed our faith. He brought it to a to a head, so to speak. Who, for the joy set before him, what was that joy? Certainly wasn't the cross. You know what it was? It was you and me. We were that joy. For the joy set before him. Yeah, he endured the cross. He stayed there. Even when they said, hey, if you're God, come on down. Come on down, Jesus. No one would stay there on their right mind on that cross. We know it hurts. Come on down. Show us your God. Come down. No, he endured the cross. He's like, he said, I'll show you I'm God and I'll stay here. I'll stay right here. Atoning for the sins of man. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And then sat down at the right hand of God. Wow. The right hand of the throne of God. When it says he despised the shame, it was like, you couldn't shame Jesus. He couldn't. He knew what he was doing. He knew who he was. He knew what he came to do. He had a mission. And he was completing that mission, and no one could distract him from it. So thirdly then, the third question, okay, what's in it for us? Jesus went through all that. What's in it for us? Well, we now know that Jesus left heaven, came to earth, suffered and died for all of us. But the question remains, what's in it for me? And here's the answer. And I wish every person would ask that question. I wish every naysayer would ask, what's in it for me? Because the greatest gift we could ever receive is forgiveness. Come on now, you know that is a great gift. Ever been forgiven? How did that feel? Pretty good. Did you ever give forgiveness? Mm-hmm. How did that feel? Pretty good. 
What does forgiveness do? Restores relationships. That's what it does. It restores relationships. God tells us in his word, of him, speaking of Christ, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Acts 10.43. Everyone, I like that. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. So let me ask you, do you believe? I don't mean do you know about Jesus. Do you have head knowledge? Oh, yeah, Jesus. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Little baby Jesus in the manger. Sing a couple of songs around Christmas. No, that's not believing. Believing is putting all of your trust, all of your faith in who Christ is and what he did. Knowing without a doubt, you can lay down your burdens. That's right. I'm going to lay down my burdens down by the riverside because Jesus picked them up. And he set me free. That's why. You know you're saved when you feel free. The weight of the world is gone. Jesus invites us, right? Come unto me, all you who are oh, weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Oh, my yoke is easy. My burden, it's light. I'll give you rest for your soul. And man, don't we need rest for our souls today? We certainly do. So, why forgiveness? Why is forgiveness so important? Because it's freeing. Think of for, being, think of being forgiven a financial debt. Let's say you bought a very expensive brand new car, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars, and you're having a hard time making the payments. And the car company calls you and says, you know what? We know you can't make the payments. We're going to forgive your debt. And you're free and you can keep the car. How would that feel? Be like, whoa, baby. Thank you. You're going to forgive my debt. I don't have to make the payments and I can keep the car. That feels pretty good to me. Well, here's what God did. We owed him a debt. And Jesus came and he paid that debt. And he says, listen, I'm going to set you free. How does that feel? That should feel pretty good. And when when you know you're forgiven, you're free to what? Live life. You're free to live life. That's what forgiveness does. It gives us freedom. Because, you know, the heavy chains of guilt, gone. The chains of shame, gone. The feelings of unworthiness, gone. And God has restored you to a better place. A place of acceptance. A place of redemption. Reconciliation. He's done that for us through Christ. That's what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking over my shoulder at the things I've done wrong. I'm looking forward to the life that's in front of me. That's forgiveness. So who can be forgiven? That's a good question, right? Who can be? Is this like for everybody or just like good people? Well, 1 John 4.15 says, 
Whoever can be forgiven. (laughs) I like that. Whoever confesses that Jesus is God. Now, who's whoever? It's like, I'm I'm a whoever, you're a whoever. We're all whoever's. Whoever confesses that Jesus is God. Everybody listening to this program, you're all a whoever. If you confess that Jesus is God, forgiveness is yours. Everyone in your family is a whoever. Everybody you work with, all your co-workers, they are all whoever's. All your neighbors, look down your street. Look at all the people that live around you. They're all whoever's. All your friends. Your friends you like to go out and do things with. Play games, play music, have hobbies, go fishing. They're all whoever's. Everybody in your life is a whoever. Everybody in the world is a whoever. That's who God has made this available to. God is waiting. He's waiting for people who have not already believed to come to believe. Because that's all it takes. If you have not already today come to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, today's the day. Believe that fact. Accept it. Some people say, well, I want to see first, then I'll believe. doesn't work that way. You know how it works? Believe, and then God will let you see. You know why? That's faith. And faith pleases God. Believe, and then you will see. Today is the day for salvation. Many of you that are listening right now, I know you belong to the Lord. But there's always some that don't. There's some that think they do, but they don't. And then then there are some that they know they don't, and they don't. So that's why when the opportunity comes, take it. You only have to do it once. Think of the Think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and why he rose from the dead. He did it for you. He did it so you could be free. And so you could follow him in your own resurrection. Be me up, Scotty, into heaven. There are actually three resurrections. There's number one, the resurrection of Christ. That one took place, right? Then there's number two, oh, there's going to be a resurrection of those who do not believe. They said no to Jesus. They said, nah, man, I'm all set. I don't need that stuff. I'm okay. They're going to have their own resurrection. We're going to look at that. And then number three, there's the resurrection of those who do believe. So we talked about resurrection number one. Christ rose from the grave, right? Took paradise with him, sits at the right hand of the Father. We're all set. Now, resurrection of the unbeliever, that's not pretty. No. It's not a pretty scene. Matter of fact, the Bible closes with it in Revelation 20, verse 11, where John said, Then I saw a great white throne. Wow. And him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. And there was no place found for them. What? This big white throne suspended, earth and heaven, 
vanished. And John said, And I saw the dead, the great and the small. See, there's no distinction anymore. At the judgment of the great white throne, there's no distinction among people. They're all the same. They're all equal. I saw the great and the small standing before the throne. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And here comes the resurrection. This is how they got to the great white throne judgment. The dead gave up, the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. And see, the problem with their deeds was they were committed by imperfect people. God can't accept imperfect deeds when they're committed by imperfect people. Well, nobody's perfect. Well, when you put your faith in Christ, you know what God does? He makes you perfect. Oh, He makes you perfect in His sight. Not experientially, but in His sight. So then the things we do, He accepts them. But the things the unregenerate does, they're not accepted. And then the final result, death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. See, that's where you got to get to. You got to get your name in the book of life. How do you get your name in the Lamb's book of life? Through faith. The moment you say, I believe Jesus is my Savior, died for my sins and rose from the grave, boom, your name goes in the Lamb's book of life. You have a reservation in heaven. And when you die, your name is there. That's where you go. That's this other resurrection, the resurrection of believers in Christ. Still in Revelation chapter 20. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death, that separation from God, has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ. So you see why we need a combination of the sacrifice of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, where he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave because he finished the payment for sin. And when we put our faith in him, we share in that resurrection. That's what we do. And you know what's interesting? The the flower that we have on Easter Sunday, the Easter lily, shaped like a trumpet. The trumpet is the instrument used to herald the people. The king will say, blow the trumpet, and the people will assemble. So we've got this beautiful Easter lily heralding people, calling them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. So the question today, if you've never made him Lord of your life, would you do it today? Would you do it right now? That's the question.
You never know when the opportunity is going to come. We don't know what this afternoon holds or tonight or tomorrow. We don't know. That's why today is the day of salvation. God has made it so simple. He really has. You know why? Because he wants us there. He wants us there. People have complicated it. They've distorted it. They've made it something that it's not. They're very, very deceived in what it means to have a relationship with God. And that's why we need God's Word. God's Word kind of shows us what it's all about, Alfie. It gives us the directions, the way to go through Christ. That's the way we go. You look at Christ. He's the focal point of the whole creation. Everything about life and everything about the creation, here it comes, points to Jesus Christ. Now, if everything in the creation points to Christ, wow, how better would it be if my life pointed to Christ? If my life was like, you know, zeroed in on who Jesus Christ is, you think you'd be better off? I know I am. Oh, I am much better off focused on Christ. I know what he took me from. I know what he saved me from. I know what he delivered me from. And I wouldn't be where I am today as a person without him. I don't even know if I'd be a person. I don't think I would be alive. I'm pretty sure I would not be alive were it not for Christ. So now he becomes a brand new focus. And he gives you, here it is, a future. Forgiveness means a future. Do you have it? That's the question. Do you have the future that God wants to give you? You get it by receiving the forgiveness that God wants to give you. Well, that's what that's all about. I hope that one made sense and shined a little light on the subject. So important. Oh, really important. It really is. I want to thank you for watching today. You can get more messages on our website, newhopecc.tv. The Hope Club Podcast, they're there. You scroll down a little bit, boom. 200 of them. Almost, yeah, about 200 podcasts. Man, good drive time stuff. Listen on the way to work through your Bluetooth. Listen on the way home. Man, you will grow. You will certainly grow in the Word of God, and that'll change your life. Thanks for coming along. I will see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.